Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanese. This week on Shining Bright, we're taking it rural. We'll be talking to Dana Larson of Rural Revival, the social media brand that is showing off rural America. It's a beautiful new way to showcase something great. Plus, we'll dive into the difficulties of a farmer trying to relocate rural on Shining Bright by Farmer, Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farmher radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farmher. Hello and welcome to Shining Bright. I am so glad that you are with us today listening to this wonderful show that we have lined up for you. So to give you a sneak peek of what is coming up in this episode, we are going to be talking to Dana Larson, who is the creative, the uh, woman, the farm her behind the brand Rural Revival and many other brands, I need to say. Um, But Dana has um, this concept about connecting people with rural life and showing off some of the best parts of it. And it really goes far beyond just showing it off. It goes into how to actually revive it and what we can do to help small towns, to help rural towns um, have a sustainable footprint forward. And she's working on some really cool things. Um, But with her Rural Revival brand, it's something that crossed my path before Dana did, quite honestly. I remember seeing something about this brand, Rural Revival, and thinking, this is cool. I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. There's just something good and and solid about it. And so I did a little digging and it and it wound me back to Dana. And then uh, I, I actually didn't reach out to her. But then a little while later, I, uh, I got connected with her. I think she reached out to me. And um, we've had this ongoing discussion ever since about something that is obviously near and dear to both of our hearts. And that's rural America and the people who live there. And so uh, we're going to visit with her and you're going to hear about her brand. You're going to hear about how you can connect with her brand in many cool ways. You're going to hear about um, some of the people who've been on her podcast or that she's covered. You're going to hear a lot of neat things. So with that, I thought I would uh, also weigh in here on why rural matters to me. So I grew up um, somewhat rural in a small smaller town. It's grown since then um, on the outskirts of the Des Moines Metro called Grimes. Um, I originally am from Webster City, which is even further north and definitely a small uh, rural town to mid-sized rural town. And um, I, uh, uh, my parents got divorced and we moved a little bit further away and, and landed uh, in the country living just outside of Grimes. And so my uh, question to myself was, what was it about growing up in the country that made it so special because I can tell you that we have kind of been on this quest to try to get back there. Both my husband and I grew up on farms and in the country. And, um, you know, when you're a kid, maybe you don't realize how special that is, but as you're sitting here in, in my shoes and in his shoes, now you realize all the good things that that did bring to our lives. So I would say a few of the really cool things, especially from my perspective now was by living Um, outside of town, it did give me some space to kind of do our own thing. And there wasn't always a pressure to be um, going here, going there. Like it was just a little bit of a different way of life. And um, I loved our freedom that we had there. So we had these, um, gosh, they were like, first we had a, it was called a mini bike, right? It was like this little motorcycle. And then we upgraded to this like, uh, dirt bike thing. And we would go all over on that thing. Like we would go, you know, a hundred acres away on that thing. I feel like some days. And I look back now and we were like 10 or 11 or 12 and, you know, mom kind of knew where we were, but she kind of didn't either. And we were off on our own figuring things out and exploring. And, you know, that's just not something that you can easily find, right? And I look back on those times. My brother even built ramps, you guys. My brother built 
ramps and we would ramp these uh, dirt bikes and something that I would never do now. And I would, I feel like I would like come unglued at my kids if I saw them doing that, but it was just a different way of life. And part of that is, is the time, but part of it is the fact that we lived in the country and, um, you know, had that, that space. And we were in what was a small town connected to, um, when when we did go to town where the school was and everyone kind of knew you, you know, it was, it was a small town and it was community through that. And while sometimes it felt maybe kind of smothering as you grew older, it actually wasn't when I look back. And the, the interesting thing is that we have gravitated right back to the same area. I brought my husband back here and our kids go to school in the same school that I went to. And so we have really like brought it full circle. Um, but growing up rural, growing up in the country, growing up in a small town, um, those are all things near and dear to my heart. And as I travel across the country and I see so many different small towns and the people who care about them. It is an important thing for us to discuss how reviving rural can happen because it, it's real. You know, you guys all, I'm sure, see it in your small towns. Um, the landscape has changed and it's a good discussion on how we can reinvigorate and re engage people in how good rural can be. So stick with us here on Shining Bright. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are here in the studio again, and we now have a guest, Dana Larson. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. We're excited to have you. So we've crossed paths uh, a number of times now before I knew about you before I knew you um, because I really, uh, your brand, Rural Revival, caught my eye. So we're going to talk about that brand and, and all kinds of things. But before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about you. I know that you grew up rural, right? You, yep. you, uh, I know when you and I actually started, um, like actually talking to each other was maybe this fall and you went back home and you were driving the grain cart, right? Like, or maybe yep. the combine. So you are very much have a farming background, but instead of me talking about that, let's hear you talk about <laughs> okay. that. Yeah, I grew up in a small town called Odiebolt, Iowa, farm kid. And so it was kind of my job. I did all things around the farm. But when I was in middle school and high school, I drove the grain cart during harvest after school. So um, this past year, I actually had the opportunity to go back and do that, which I never thought I would even have a schedule that would allow that. Mm -hmm. And so when my dad was like, what would you think about coming back and driving the grain cart? And I was like, I got to make that work because, yeah. and I had the best time. Did you, you were there for a while, right? Yeah. I mean, probably five weeks, five, yeah. six. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. But it snowed. It it was a crazy <laughs> harvest. I mean, it was yeah, kind of spread it was, out. But, it was for yeah. everybody. It was like, it was rain, snow, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you got to return to your roots a little bit. Um, were you like an FFA? Were you were you one of those kids who was like, I'm going to engage in agriculture or you just grew up on a farm and that was just where you lived in your family's job? I think I just grew up on the farm. I mean, we rode motorcycles and three wheelers and that kind of whole thing and mm -hmm. loved the country life. But I don't know that we didn't raise animals for 4-H. I was in 4-H, but not super involved. And I was an FFA in high school because I loved farming. I mean, I grew up in a family that loves farming on all sides. Like I'm a fifth generation farmer. I think I was the first one in the whole family who decided to maybe not farm for a career. <laughs> but you promote it. Like you, you, you engage yeah, with it, right? Yeah. You're engaging so, in a different way. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so you um, grew up on a farm. Tell me a little bit about, so you said you never thought you would have a schedule that would allow you. So I would love to know a little bit more about you professionally as well. Like tell me what you do to earn a living. Yeah. So my background, my degrees in public relations, and I've worked in advertising and marketing for years. That's been kind of my whole career path just in different places. So I have a consulting company and I help people build brands. So the fun part is with Rural Revival, I'm getting to build my own brand. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also get to help other people do that too. And now with Rural Revival, it's funny because 
I'm starting to shift a little bit more. And I work with some people on personal brands, but I'm also now starting to work with towns and small businesses because that is, you know, kind of my sweet spot. With Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it it matters because uh, we see it in the news. You know, it's it's a thing. I mean, I I travel the country and I drive through a lot of small towns and Mm -hmm. uh, they need a makeover. You know, I mean, at least I think in how we view them needs a makeover. Mm -hmm. But but I think it's an important thing. So do you work with ag focused brands or all brands? All brands, actually. I I mean, I love ag and I'm passionate about that, but I feel like I have a really diverse group of customers. That's good. That's always good for for your customers, too. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, What's the name of your company? Is it just your name? It's called Spark 7. Spark 7. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I kind of came up with a name that sounded like an agency. That oh, was right. what I was you going sound for. Total, it's very professional uh, yeah. and, and creative and exciting. Yeah. Sounding, and I right? want to spark ideas. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Spark 7. Okay. So you started Rural Revival. So tell me a little bit about that, right? Like uh, what caused you to start it? Um, what it is? You know, let's, let's go through that. Well, I love to tell the story of when I was a high schooler, it was the night before our graduation and our whole class was out by a pond and had a bonfire and everybody was just hanging out. And it was kind of bittersweet because we're like, this is probably the last time we'll all hang out together. Mm -hmm. And everybody was talking about, I wish there was a way that we could live here. And at the time that was in the year 2000. So the internet was around, but the idea of working remotely was not even on the table really. And so, um, the majority of us, unless we were going to be in an ag-focused job, had to go to a city to mm-hmm. work. And we knew that was going to be our path. It had to be. So it was kind of just interesting to hear everybody say, I wish we could stay. And I, I that never left me. I always remembered that. And then two years ago, almost two years ago, I was living in Franklin, Tennessee, which is part of Nashville. And that's a very entrepreneurial city. It's very creative. Mm -hmm. And there's these amazing businesses down there. And it's such a fun place to live. And I came home for Christmas. And I drove through all these small towns and stuff. And I'm like, I am tired of seeing our small towns die. I loved how I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I want the next generation to be able to do that too. And if we aren't careful, they're not going to have that opportunity. And so it just started hitting me. And I was at a show um, doing like a music gig with some of my friends. Mm -hmm. And it was at the 1914 in Minburn, Iowa, which is this old train depot that they've turned into a restaurant. And my friend Jeremy, it was kind of his whole cool idea. And we were sitting there afterwards and I'm like, I just feel like I need to start a podcast or something to show people what's possible in our small towns. Because I now have friends like Jeremy who are moving back Back to small Uh towns and they're Uh doing really cool stuff yeah they're bringing something unique and different to that town that brings community to it right exactly and I that's a town of like 250 people Mm -hmm. wow it draws like an amazing Um, number of people yeah Yeah. now that's a a unique small town that's uh what is it probably like maybe 30 minutes from the Des Moines metro like I mean really so it's it's not too far of a leap for people to be able to want to come experience something there too but it's definitely rural yeah Blinken you've driven through it because I grew up not far from there (laughs) Yeah. yeah so it's been fun to see people start to do things that I'm like I just want America to know what's possible because so many people I think are like me or like how do I get back how do I mm-hmm. make this work? How do I go live in a small town and make a living? And, you know, for some people, they can work remotely, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's not possible for everyone either. Right. And so how do we revive our main streets? How do we revive businesses and bring new things, bring new life to these towns? Because I think a lot of small towns have lost their vision. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so, too. And, you know, it's interesting hearing you say this because, I mean, I grew up rurally in a small town. It's what attracted me to Grimes where I live now because it reminded me of my hometown. And I have just recently over the last few months, like I just, I want to be able to stay in my small town. I want to do things in my small town. Yeah. And I have like, like this need for, for that. And so you need that community. You need that involvement places and I want to stay there and I want to do my business there. Yep. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, it's, you probably see more and more of that. 
I would think. And maybe people who aren't even from a rural community are starting to appreciate that a little bit more too. I think they are. I think even people in the city, they want to go yeah. out to a small town on the weekend. And it feels fun good. Stuff. It yeah. feels good. good. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I agree. The older I get, the more it seems like a really yeah. maybe missing piece and relevant piece because I'm with you too. Yeah. Okay. We are getting ready to head off to a break. You can join our farm herd journey. First off, watch the TV show Fridays and Sundays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on RFD TV. You can stream it. Also, check out our website, farmher.com, to find out where you can stream that, how you can watch it if you are a cord cutter and you're hanging out online only. Uh, Also, when you're there, you can check out all the good things on our website. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Margie, join the journey by calling in and leaving a message with your questions or comments. Anything you want to share goes at 855-776-6147 or record it on your phone and email it to us at info at farmher.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, we are back and we're talking a rural revival with Dana. So you told us why you started rural revival. Can you give us a little insight into like how you actually launched the brand? Because um, I think it's a really cool model to be able to have a brand and to be able to be a person behind that brand from what I know about it. So I'd love to hear like what it is, you know, on a daily basis to people and how you pull that off. Yeah. So I started it out solely as a podcast and really didn't, I've listened to podcasts. I love listening to podcasts, but I really didn't know anything about how you put that together. Mm -hmm. So luckily I was living in Nashville and one of my friends was a music producer and I was like, can you help me get the equipment and stuff? (laughs) And so he was gracious enough to get me all the equipment and it fits all in a backpack so I can travel with it. And then um, he taught me how to edit. Which has been that's huge. super valuable. It still scares me. Like I've not, I don't, I don't do that to ours. So that's a huge valuable like thing to have in your pocket, right? Yeah, yeah. And I am still so grateful for that. So that's kind of how I started out, and I just started with interviewing my friends, and then I was like, okay, I need to just start finding other people. So I worked really hard to just dig online. Instagram was really the way that I found a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I wanted to find people with good stories and mm-hmm. who had you know, a really cool vision for their town. And maybe we're tucked away in these really remote areas, but we're doing something really great. Mm -hmm. So I just started to look for the stories and I put it out there. I literally had zero expectation because I, I'm like, I don't know how people are going to hear about this. I don't know, you know, but it was just a few weeks after I put out my first episode and people started contacting me. Mm -hmm. And since my background's in marketing, I created a website where I could host the podcast episodes, but that's really the only reason I created the website. And I just had a little blurb, you know, this is what Rural Revival is. Well, then once people started contacting me, I'm like, you know, maybe I should leverage this and build this out a little bit more. And so it's literally just been step by step. And I've tried really hard to listen to my audience and figure out, you know, what is it that they need? What are they asking for? How can I help them? And one of my key things is I want to provide value in everything I do. If I'm not providing value, it's not worth my time. I want to do it. Yep. So I look for ways that I can help meet their needs and provide value. So what that's looked like over the past almost two years is we've done a mastermind in Pahuska, Oklahoma, which yeah. happens to be home of the Pioneer Woman. Oh, yeah, we've, we've been, been there. there. Yes. It's awesome. That was impressive. Cool. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know what to expect coming in there, but it was really either. cool. I had no idea. I'd done no research. And talk about rural revival. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Every town wants to be Pahuska. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the the mastermind. Like, what, yeah, what well, did you do yeah. there? Like, how did you get people yeah. to come? So one thing I hear from entrepreneurs a lot is I feel so alone. And me being an entrepreneur myself, I get that. Yeah. But I also at least have a background in marketing and understand that piece. But if you're an entrepreneur, you feel like you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's a lot of things that you don't know that you're trying to learn and you're trying to build a business and it's a lot. 
And when you put an entrepreneur in a rural setting, that's even more alone. So um, I wanted to find a way to bring entrepreneurs together and have them be able to have relationships with these people around the country that they could bounce ideas off of or that they could learn from. And Mm -hmm. we could all help each other as a group. And so we came together for three days in Pahuska and it was awesome. I mean, everybody left there with an aha moment, including all the speakers. I mean, I think it just opened our eyes a lot to possibilities and just being in that town that fueled a lot of ideas. too. So it it fueled ideas for us. Uh I mean, Uh for sure. Like it's, it's, yeah. Awesome. It is. Yeah. It's in the really middle neat. of nowhere. Yeah. Not, it's not nowhere to the people who are from there. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad it's way. It's very rural. <laughs> it's very rural. Yes. yes. And I think that someone told me 6,000 people a day in the summer will go through that shop, right? Like yeah. the mercantile. Yeah. That's crazy. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. So this mastermind, it was an event yep. that you planned. Yes. And, and hosted and everything. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So it went really well. People have asked yeah. if we're doing another one. Uh-huh, and of course. I'm looking at some possibilities for this year. So mm-hmm. more to come on that. Tell me but. where I might want to go. That uh-huh. sounds like fun, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. So more to come. Okay. So uh, we're going to get to this at the end. But if people are sitting here right now going, how do I find out about her stuff that she's got going on? Where do they do that? Rollrevival.co is the website. And you can follow us on social media. It's at Rollrevival.co. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. On both Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It's and one of the things, so as I said earlier, it caught my eye before I knew you. And I remember being like, what is this? I like this. Like I like how it looks. I like how it feels. You've got a great look to the brand, yeah, which I agree. is important. Thank you. Do you do yeah. that yourself? I do. Yep. Yes. Yep. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's fun. And if I'm not careful, I could play with it all the time. All yeah. The time. Uh-huh. yeah. It's a but, rabbit hole, right? I'm yes. with you too. I'm like, yes. I'll just sit and design the things that that, that makes my like heart happy. Uh-huh. But then I never, I and there's have all the other the, things, all the stuff that makes the world go round, you know? Yes. So, okay. So um, that's how you started it. That's kind of how it's evolved. And so if I'm paying attention on Instagram, I see really cool stories. Um, what is one thing that you've learned, how long have you been doing this? First of all, I started, my first podcast came out in April of 2018. Okay. So almost two years. Uh-huh. Okay. What's one big thing that you've learned about yourself in doing this, right? Maybe it's through these people that you have met. Maybe it's that you can carry around a podcasting equipment on your back and tell stories wherever you are. I don't know what, what the cool thing is, but I'm guessing that you've learned something pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's that anything is possible. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was willing to put in the time to learn. And I also feel like it's a calling. And when we're living out our calling, it's like there's a grace for it, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, that part has been amazing to me because things that I never thought I could do. And it's like, how am I going to travel around the country, do my other job? you know, and make this all work, but it, it works really well, actually. Mm -hmm. And I would have never planned it. I, you know, I wasn't planning on doing this. It just kind of grew out of nowhere. And I'm so happy to be an advocate for rural America. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think, you know, there's so many different things that I've had to do through it and you just learn as you go and you can do it. I love to hear you say, as you said in the beginning, that your work with rural revival has brought some like cities and different yeah. different clients to your yeah. business, which is just like total sweetness, right? Yeah. So you've been doing this thing, but it gives you a whole different perspective and experience to add that to your business too. Yeah. And I love being able to help people in that way. Yeah. So. It's cool. Okay. Uh, is there one person that sticks out in your mind that you've talked to that's doing something awesome? I mean... Mary Heffernan at Five Mary's Farms. Oh, yeah. Is, People talk about her all the time. I need to meet this Mary. Yes. Yeah. I will, yeah. I will introduce you. But uh, she's amazing, and she is just a true entrepreneur at uh-huh. heart. She is like the heart and soul of an entrepreneur. Yeah. So she's done a lot of things. She really has. And she has been so gracious, you know, um, just to teach what she's doing to other people through things like my podcast or the, her courses that she offers and stuff. And so she's really amazing and a really great person too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's crazy how often this lady comes up in my world. <laughs> I, I really, really need to I go visit to her speak. at some point. You right? do. You think you need to go visit her. Yeah. 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 Um, but 
anyway, yeah, Hannah Esch, who has yes. Oak Bar and Beef, who was on our TV show. And she's uh, just this, she's a college student who's an entrepreneur and she's just awesome. Pretty she soon. she yeah. um, wanted to meet them, wrote a letter and then ended up interning them for the summer. And I'm like, yes, yes. yes. I know. Like, these are the things. Uh-huh. I love that I love story. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, everybody, we are at that time again. We're getting ready to go to break but I want you to be sure to visit farmher.com. So I mentioned it before, but we've got events where we're going to be at there. We've got uh, merchandise. We've got the blogs that go along with the TV show for the pictures and the stories. So definitely check it out and sign up for our mailing list when you're there to stay in the know. We'll be right back. everybody. This is Margie geiler Alanis from Shining Bright by Farm Her. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do. And that is Remodel Works. Check them out at remodelworksdb.com. They're right here in central Iowa. You'll love them. Hey, this is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. bit of dancing music for everybody there. It always makes me like, yeah, yeah, it's exciting stuff. Uh, so we are talking Rural Revival, which is a brand started by Dana Larson. And um, it's just something cool. So if you haven't seen it, you need to go check it out. It's uh, on Instagram is I think the best way to like visibly see what it is. But you have a podcast, which they can find on your website as well. Um, or probably wherever you get your podcasts, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, just like us, right? <laughs> if you know where to get the shining bright one, then you know where to find Rural Revival. That's right. um, so when you and I met up, because I think um, everything you say, I sit here and I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I get it. I've been there. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, you know, in creating a brand and running after something that you're called to and that you're passionate about. Uh, but you told me that you are, on the Governor's Empower Rural Iowa Task Force. And uh, so the governor of Iowa created this task force to focus on rural Iowa. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the governor really cares about helping rural Iowa prosper. Mm -hmm. And so she put together a task force of people to focus on a couple different areas. And the the group that I'm in focuses on connectivity. Mm -hmm. And so we want to get broadband to every Iowan, which is quite a feat. Um, but super important. And so um, I've it's been great to meet people through that. I've actually made a lot of connections through that, just through different things that we've had going on. But I've also got to learn a lot, you yeah. know, about the possibilities. And especially with like agriculture, technology is such a big part oh, of that. Yeah. And, yeah. and and that you have to have it to, is is imperative. Yeah. 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 To the technologies. And I don't think people in general uh, who don't spend much time in rural America understands that I mean important and and what a I am regularly yeah yeah it's a problem and I'm regularly in places where I can't even get my phone to connect it literally says no service yep and I know there's a lot of people out there who've never been somewhere like that but I find myself in those places quite regularly and you know like tell like old school telephone connection is maybe what they've got yeah. right yeah and driving somewhere and talking to somebody exactly and so it's it's still a thing it's a very thing and we you know we've tried to move a, we work a lot from home and we've tried to move a little further out 
And we it just tried. Back too. We, yeah. yeah, we mm-hmm. have uh, walked away from more than one place that we wanted to live because it was going to cost us like, you know, seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars to actually get Internet run there that we could work off of being a media company. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I know like, that's like more than my first house, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, no. Yes. And so I love that there's a task force working on this. Yep. Are we going to get there? Yes. Okay. So we're working to get legislation passed that will mm-hmm. help fund getting every Iowan broadband. So, um, and we're making some big strides Progress. in that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like my role on the team is to be the storyteller, help tell the story mm-hmm. and why this is important. And how it relates to me is really, I'm working with all these entrepreneurs and people who want to live rural and, and they can't do it without internet. You know, whether it's to have your card swiper or to be able to offer things online from yeah. your company mm-hmm. to try to diversify outside of your town um, or as a remote worker. I mean, there's just so many things that require the internet. And so it's really important that we get we get this to happen for all Iowans. Yeah, it, it is if we want if we want those rural areas to thrive, not yeah, just not just exactly. kind of survive, but yep. to thrive, right? And I know there's some neat stories that I've I've read. There's a place called Jefferson, Iowa, yep. and it's like wow. it's been in the news a lot, you know, about the big changes that this small town has been able to make. And I mean, this is like the extreme end of the platform. I feel like because you know they attracted what people. Um, like Silicon Valley people uh-huh. got excited about Jefferson, Iowa yeah. and have invested resources and money there. And uh, one of the things that that I understood about it was that um, they're uh, providing a program for high school kids to be able to learn and get skills that they need to be uh, very skilled technical uh, tech techie workers, right, for these Silicon Valley companies so they can live here. They can have a really good wage to be able to live in rural Iowa yeah. or rural America, wherever you are. And um, but and they have very skilled jobs. And likewise, they're getting great labor force, you know. So it's, it's a win-win, but it's a cool thing. And, and then you think about the infrastructure that has to be there and all that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like just we're going to do this in our town and, and you know, but it's a neat um a neat story. Yeah. And I actually got to work on that project. You did? I did. I love so, it. Wow. You didn't know that. No, but, um, no. You're like, let me tell you <laughs> yeah. about it. That's my version. Is no. it, was that correct? We created what's called the Lincoln Corridor. And so it was really a marketing effort. But um, I put a website out there that has all this information on it. But we basically said, let's look at a rural area uh, within like a 45 mile radius from Jefferson and look at it as its own metro. Mm-hmm. Oh. and then market it that way. So would you, Silicon Valley company, be interested in coming to an area that has five hospitals, five airports, less than 25 stoplights, by the way, uh, you know, and all the things that this area encompasses, tons of recreational opportunities, mm-hmm. no commute virtually, you know, um, chances to advance your education. I think the the closest or the farthest away you would have to drive to a college is 20 miles. Mm -hmm. So all of these things, and we basically marketed it so that these companies in Silicon Valley can look at that and say, okay, the cost for me to go there is so much cheaper than me doing it in California. And we have a hard work ethic in Iowa Mm -hmm. and we can afford to pay these people well mm-hmm. and there's great job opportunities and there's empty buildings sitting on all these main streets everywhere yeah so it's really a cool project and i'm so that excited to see where it goes yeah but that's one of those examples yes. where both of my worlds collided and uh-huh. i got to help yeah. with that so i love that i've probably looked at your website because i just think that 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 concept that idea i mean it doesn't just have to be iowa and like i said i mean uh, Obviously, there was a marketing effort behind it. There's there's a lot of effort and planning that went into mm-hmm. trying to make this um, doable. And then and then the next step is like the infrastructure and like I said, all the all the stuff to make it happen. It didn't just happen overnight, but it's cool and and it could be a footprint for so many other places. Exactly. It really could be and all kinds of industries. Yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love it, and I I um you know I grew up in the country. And I tend to think that people in small towns are just some of the best people on the face of the earth. Like I, w- I will always say yeah. with farm hair, like mm-hmm. the very best thing about it is the people that I meet over and over and over again. I can't think of one where I was like, oh my gosh, that person, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they, they're just, 
good good people. yeah mm-hmm. like they're they care about their community they they've you know they're like this this is like such a cliche saying the salt of the earth it's uh, so yeah, it's true, true. It's yeah so true and yes. and i tend to think that like I, i'm not saying anything about the men but the women like they hold all these f- family pieces together and uh-huh. they do so much in their communities and there's definitely men like that I, i'm not saying there's not but you you all know somebody that you can picture who who does that right yep. and um she's like everybody's mom and she keeps mm-hmm. everyone moving forward and connected and, yeah. and it's just such a cool thing so I love that. So uh, that Empower Iowa Task Force, that, that's very exciting. Um, and if anyone's listening and they want to know more about that, like how would they, you know, if they're, if they're in like, say, Kentucky and they're like, I want to find out more about this, how can they do that? I would just say Google Empower Rural Iowa. Uh-huh. And there's a website. I can't think of the link yeah. right offhand, there you go. But, yeah. but we can maybe link to it in the show notes. Or yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good thing because like I said, it's not specific to Iowa. It it takes foresight exactly. and vision, and and I'm so glad that our governors had that to pull that together here. But it, it's it's uh, something that's definitely repeatable. Okay, we ran ourselves out of time. We are going to come back here in another segment though, because uh, Dana has been uh, she's got another cool thing that I want to talk about that she's got going on, and I know that this will be interesting to everybody. So, on that note, be sure to stick with us here on Shining Bright. We will be right back. Hey guys, this is Margie from Farm Her. I want to remind you all that we have some really fun, functional, cute merchandise out on our store at farmher.com. And fall has arrived in the Farm Her market. We've got some new sweatshirts, hoodies, one of my favorite windbreakers out there. So check it out at farmher.com. And while you're there, be sure to use the code SHININGBRIGHT and save 10% just for our listeners. We are back on Shining Bright. So the last time you and I were together, we had this discussion and this isn't specific to rural revival or anything. Well, maybe it is. I mean, maybe that's where what got you pushed into this direction, I guess. But you were telling me that, and you live in a small town, but you want to move even more rural. Can you tell me about your experience so far with this like desire Mm -hmm. to move out a little further? I think I've always wanted to live on the farm, but until just a few months ago, I wasn't even really able to speak that out loud. I knew eventually, but as a single girl, I'm like, how am I going to do all that? And I travel and, you know, all Uh these things. But finally, I'm like, why do I keep talking myself out of it? That's what I really want to do. And I've wanted that ever since I moved away from the farm. Like you're telling yourself you can't do it. Nope. Nobody else else is, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so, yeah, right. So I'm like, what, what? No, I really want to do that. And I need to actually pursue it. So I kind of put it out there. I wrote a blog post and I'm like, I want to live rural and here's what I'm looking for. And I'd love to live closer to my family just mm-hmm. because when I'm How home. How far away are you? I'm a couple hours. Okay. So. Oda is a tiny town yeah. way up north. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I'm back, you know, not traveling, it would be nice to be closer to my family and just be more a part of their lives. And I know that would, you know, be yeah. great for me too. It's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. But I have been looking and I, my lease, I didn't renew my lease on my loft and that expired on October 31st. And I gave myself three months to find a a place and I thought, oh, I can find a farm place to rent. Look at all these farm places out there that are just sitting there and they're everywhere. You drive by them all the time. I'm like, I just need to get the word out. Well, that has proved to be a lot harder than I thought it would be. It's now January. And and you're looking to rent, right? Like you, you don't want to buy yet? Rent. Do you want to like kind of feel it out where you are? Yeah, I'd kind of like to rent. But yeah. at this point, I may be Anything. saying I could maybe own. Yeah, right. we'll yeah. see. But um, yeah, thankfully, my landlords are letting me extend my lease month to month That's until nice. I find a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot harder than I thought. And, you know, there are so many farm places sitting empty. But I also understand that the cost to, you know, make them nice if they are run down is huge. And you can't really make that back off of a renter. Um, So I just think there's a lot of challenges there. And it's been an interesting path to walk down. And I 
I have to imagine there's a lot more other people who are wanting to do the same Mm -hmm. and are probably running up against the same thing. So it's really challenging me to be like, how do we we solve this? this? What do we do with this? Yeah. 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 So I will keep, you know, my goal is to keep blogging about that because I want to bring shine a light on that and say, okay, here's what I'm figuring out and here's how I'm going to try to tackle that. But ideas are welcome too. Yeah. 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 It is a unique thing. And I guess I wouldn't have realized it was a problem before you brought it up to me, you know, but um, I've been many places where maybe their farming operation has grown and they've needed more employees, but they struggle to find housing housing for their employees. So the farms tend to, you know, maybe buy houses. I've been to one place where like literally this farm owned most of the houses in town. Like they buy every house in town when somebody passes away and And that's their housing for their employees because they're like this tiny rural town, which is an interesting uh, thing, you know, but it, it is, it's real. So we had a grow event this fall and you Mm -hmm. came to it in November. We were here in Iowa and we had, oh, about 400 of our best young farmer friends in attendance (laughs) and you were a table mentor. And so I would love for you to share your experience in talking to these young women about they, if they wanted to live rural. Yeah. Well, I was so excited when you asked me to be a table mentor and it was such a fun experience because how it works is you kind of rotated groups of girls to the table. I think we sat with six different groups of girls throughout the day. day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's roughly probably 50 ish. And that's pretty, that's pretty significant when you break it down like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it was great to get to talk to them and kind of help, you know, they're all trying to decide what am I going to do and uh, what am I going to do after college and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, at during the conversation in my first group of girls, I just happened to ask the question, how many of you want to live rural? And they all said yes. And I was blown away. I was like, what? That's so great. It is awesome. And so then I'm like, I need to ask every table that. And and I did. And out of the whole group, only two girls said they were kind of like, well, maybe. Yeah, they, they weren't just, weren't just sure. completely like, yes. But the rest but, of them were all in. Yeah, they were all in. And that blew my mind and made me super excited. But it also made me kind of convicted me of like, okay, we've got to make Keep sure doing. this is possible for them. Mm-hmm. So out of that, I decided to create a survey. It's called the Live Rural Survey, uh-huh. which I put on the Rural Revival website. But it just, it like takes a minute to fill out, but it just asks some basic questions. Like if you are planning on moving rural, what is it you're looking for in a town? Because I get asked that all the time when I travel, like what does our town need? And I can Mm -hmm. give you my best guess, but I would love to have the data to support it. Mm -hmm. And so that's going on right now. And we've already had hundreds of people submit responses, which has been, the the feedback is super valuable. Uh Uh-huh. What, as as an entrepreneur yourself, when you look at a rural community that you're going to move towards, what what do you look for? I a lot of times tell towns like, "What did you used to have?" Because mm-hmm. ah. usually, if there was a need for that, you know, at some point, there's oftentimes still a need, and there's some shifts, and you also have to put a modern spin on it. But it's the things that that were once there that there's maybe still room for, mm-hmm. and I also think then you have to you know, look at people want experiences this day and age. So what are you offering for experiences? And do you have ways for them to get involved in your community? And are you welcoming? You know, all of those things are really important. Yeah, because that is a thing. I mean, let's be honest. You know, you have your comfort zone Mm -hmm. in your small town and and, uh, opening up to new people isn't always like, evident, yeah, you know, or how to do that. So mm-hmm. it might tend to scare some people away. Um, I uh, am remembering an article that I just read talking about things that small towns used to have, right? Mm-hmm. The loss of grocery stores. It's huge. And you put yourself in the shoes of someone who lives in a small town that has to drive maybe 45 minutes to an hour to get to, mm-hmm. to get to a real size grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, there's a handful of towns in Iowa that have recently lost their grocery stores and there's a lot of elderly people. Um, but, but I have to say like the way that it would change the way that we eat and the way that I have to shop if I had to do all that planning and people in rural America are very used to that. Right. But, um, those things matter, but how do you make it sustainable for those businesses? Because it's, it's just this like, back and forth struggle, right? And and they can't make it, but the town needs it. Yeah. A grocery store is 
drawing people on a regular basis to your town. Mm-hmm. And usually if they come in to get groceries, then they will do other will things do other in town things. Yeah. as well. So it is a huge loss when a grocery store leaves. And yeah, that's a tough one to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I know it's expensive for grocers to have a store in a right. small town, mm-hmm. but I do think it's so important. And so I, as I travel, I do look for like, what's a creative way someone's doing that mm-hmm. and sometimes it'll just be another store expands their offerings a little bit and it's right. not a full-out grocery store but, but at least it's you the a basics. few things yeah uh-huh. like you can get milk you can get bread you can get water yeah or not water I was gonna say bananas I don't know water came out <laughs> bananas too <laughs> and water whatever you know, that's all you need yeah um yeah I you know there's this chain that's growing in Iowa it's a convenience store but they really have like a half their store has like groceries and I can't help but think that something like that where you know you, you've got your Casey's and your come and goes yeah. of the world that could expand and, and have some sort of footprint when they're already there yeah you know I, right. I don't know how that looks that'd be a smart idea yeah just, just throwing it out there, there. <laughs> if you're listening Casey's and come and go you might want to in case you haven't thought about this <laughs> okay Dana can you give everyone one more reminder of where they can find you yes ruralrevival.co is our website and then you can find us on socials at ruralrevival.co on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Like I said, go check it out. It's going to be worth your time and it's worth thinking about. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Melissa with Tenriff Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Hi, this is Margie geiler Alanis. Next week on Shining Bright, we're hitting the road and heading to Austin, Texas and the American Farm Bureau Convention. We'll talk to a variety of women who are paving new roads in the organization and discuss why you, yes, you should get involved and hear some good ways to get that done on Shining Bright by FarmHer. We are back. And guess what? As we always do, we got into a conversation after we got off air and uh, it turns out we have more to talk about. So Dan, so Dan, did you want to stay here a little bit longer? Yes, of so course. You, we were looking at your uh, Spark 7 website, which is awesome. You're a talented designer and, and wonderful at putting a brand together. Um, Thank you. Tell me a little bit about the farm dinner piece. Yeah. So I had this idea that I wanted to do... And farm dinners, I feel like you hear a lot more about now, but when we did this, like mm-hmm. I could hardly find a picture wanting to show people what mm-hmm. we were trying to do, but having a long table down mm-hmm. in Main Street and having it all, you know, fresh food from the farm, from mm-hmm. the meat to the vegetables to, you know, all of it. Yep. And um, so we were actually able to pull that off in Bradfield, Iowa, and just did it with uh, in conjunction with Harvey's Diner, which was there at the time. They're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had people tell me I felt like I was in a movie <laughs> and I was like, what? You I know, know I you mean, must be really skilled at pulling a, an event together, too, because like yeah. to pull all those pieces in is is crazy. Oh, it was crazy, but it was fun. And so um, that is one of the things I get the most questions about after we did that. People ask a lot about farm dinners. And so I actually ended up creating a farm dinner event kit. Because it's not possible for me to go, you know, there's only so many Saturdays in a year during the warm months. And so, um, but I I think it's a really valuable thing that towns can do and to really get some momentum going in their town and celebrate the businesses and the people and the farmers that are there. Yeah, because it brings together, like you don't need to be a farmer to go to that, but you're going to get introduced to something. And, and, you know, well, that's like no matter what type of farm it is, I think that it's a relevant way to connect with people, right? Because yep. I think that's something that always strikes me about farmers is I don't care if you're strictly, you know, you get 10,000 acres of row crops over here where you don't 
actually connect with consumers on a regular basis. That doesn't matter. But what does matter is the ways that you can connect with them. So if that's over like locally grown produce that is your neighbor, you know, or ways that you can bring corn into the recipe or whatever that is, you know, like those are the ways that people want to connect. Yeah, they really are. I love it. So you did this one in Redfield. Have you done others or do you have like, what have you done to spark that? We're working on some for this year. And then I actually put together a farm dinner event kit that people can order on my website. Order it. I was going to ask you, how do you get it? Just because I can't go to every town and that doesn't make sense in some of the situations either. And so this is a way that everybody can kind of have everything you need to know about putting a farm dinner together. And it includes an hour of consulting time with me where you can ask questions and I can kind of help you sort through some maybe confusing things. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome because yeah, yeah, I mean, it's overwhelming if you've never done it before and especially if it's going to be like a one-time thing, right? Like Uh Uh uh, you probably aren't a professional event planner when you're going to put a, farm to table dinner on in your small town, you know? And so that is a really cool thing. And the cool thing about the kit too, is that once you buy it and you do it, you can just keep doing it year after year and keep using like, there's all kinds of tools and stuff in there and spreadsheets that you can use to help figure it all out. So so when you built that kit, was it just what you used to plan it? You were like, let me just pull all my resources. Let me try to put this in a kit so that I can share what I no, with other people. Yeah. yeah. And have, ha, has it sold? And have, yeah. have you seen some cool things come out of it? Like, have you been like, yes, they did it. I just created at the end of last summer. Okay. So we okay. will see some More of those to happen come. Oh, this next summer. Yeah. I do have a visual of uh, a farm dinner in my head now, though. So mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's probably one of your pictures that I've seen. It probably <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you take pictures too? Yes. Of oh, course. Gosh. I'm trying to get better at photography. I mean, you're great at it, but... I, Thank you. I need to hone my skills. I, I have a feeling that your skills are already pretty great. Like just looking <laughs> at your website. But, I don't feel like they are, but you know, you know, that's how it always is. Um, With me, a lot of it is just time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I will say that it's gotten better over time and you like refine and just like, you know, 300 women later, I'm like, yeah. oh, I can go yeah. take these pictures. It'll <laughs> yes. be great. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, if people want to go to one of the farm dinners that you're going to put on this year, is that going to be on your website yes. as well? I will put those on our events page. Okay. Uh, this has me dreaming of no. warmer weather, right. not like negative, you know, whatever is coming An our way, <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah. like a nice 75 degree summer night. The breeze is blowing and we've got good company around us and good food to eat. I know, right? I know. Lots of ideas. I have lots of ideas. I know. It's fun stuff. Okay. So thank you again. I know we already left once and we really aren't going to come back again. So thank you so much (laughs) for being here. And for all of you listening, thank you for joining our journey. Again, don't forget about the TV show Fridays and Sundays at 930 Eastern and head to our website to hear all of the stories, learn about our events, read the blogs, and check out our merchandise while you're there. So thank you very much for joining us here on Shining Bright. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhurt. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.